0: This is the Demand Excellence Podcast with Jonathan Guess, head football coach of the Eagles Landing Christian Academy on the south side of Atlanta.
1: Coach Guess is the author of the book, Demand Excellence, on and off the field,
0: and he is the creator and founder of the website, redeemthegame.com. The goal of the Demand Excellence Podcast is to encourage, equip, and entertain Christian leaders and coaches across the world.
2: But today, I have Doug Barnett on the podcast. He owns two Chick-fil-A's, played football at the University of Georgia, and in was, was a Sunday school member of Truett Cathy's Sunday School class. So this guy's just got all this wisdom, all this knowledge. As a football coach, I am just fascinated by Chick-fil-A. And my goal is to run my football program like it's a Chick-fil-A. Now think about Chick-fil-A. They are are the number one restaurant in the world, the most successful restaurant in the world. And their motto is Christ-like, and they only work six days a week. Everybody else is out there grinding seven days a week. Chick-fil-A gets after it for six days a week and then on the seventh day they rest just as God commanded us to do. They're trusting and resting in the sovereignty of God and and obeying His command to shut it down and rest. And they are producing. What insight I get from Doug Barnett. He's able to take football principles and apply them to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A principles and apply them to football. Just an awesome interview. I got so much out of it. Before we get started on the interview, I want to make everybody aware of a project we've been doing, a few weeks ago, a young man named Connor Woods, he's a 10th grader at our school, he's a computer whiz, he loves to film, he comes up to me, he says, Coach, I want to help the football team in some way, how can I film or what can I do? I said, Connor, we already have somebody that films our games, they film our practices, I said, so just let me think. I wanted him involved in our football program if he wanted to be involved in our football program. So I just came up with this idea. Of course, you see them all the time. All these football documentaries and this and that. These NFL documentaries. You've seen high school documentaries. I said, man, why don't you just document Elka football? Let's go week by week. Uh, the, the the road that we're going on, we'll, we'll call it chasing glory. We thought about that for a while. But the whole point, the whole concept of it, hopefully isn't to show how to coach better footballers, many coaches better than me. But really, how can we point our players to Jesus Christ? We can't make our players believe in Jesus Christ. We, we can't make them serve Jesus Christ, but we can point them to Jesus Christ. So he, he did it, man. And on Tuesday night, this past Tuesday night, the first episode aired of Chasing Glory. And every Tuesday night from here on out, we will uh, air uh another episode you can find it on youtube you can search chasing glory episode one or you can search faster production studios and you can find "Chasing glory i hope you enjoy it and i hope it encourages you Uh, to point people to Jesus that's why we're here that's our role in this world whatever it is that you do whether you're a businessman or woman a coach a teacher a lawyer a doctor doesn't matter a missionary your role is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ I do it right sometimes and I do it right wrong a lot of times but anyways check that out Mr. Barnett, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I hope everybody enjoys it. You're an owner-operator of two Chick-fil-A's. And, but you're a ravid sports fan, and me, I've always said, or my challenge has always been to myself to run my football program like it's Chick-fil-A, and of course, I've never worked in Chick-fil-A, so I don't know all the ins and the outs, but I just know what I see at the surface level, and I, I know what I, I find stuff to read about Chick-fil-A, so just, just wanted to ask you some questions that could continue to help me be a better football coach. But tell us a little bit about your background because you got a football background and you own, you're owner operator of two Chick fil A's now. And how'd you get started and your path to all that?
1: Sure. Well, I um, grew up as a kid playing football at Jonesboro High School for the legendary Wayman Sellers. Um, and really, really through that course of three years, that was back when we were 10th through 12th grade, so I'm I'm dating myself, Um, and Wayman was really a grit and grind guy, and he was really an up-tempo guy. You always sprinted to the line of scrimmage, you got back, everything was one, two, three, ready, break, and we were always in a hustle. And we were always being in a hustle, and, um, so I, le- I, learned how to grind through things. And honestly, I was raised to, to, to be better than I was yesterday. And I was afforded the opportunity to go play at the university of Georgia. Um, and I played what back then we called it a fast tackle. Hmm. Um, and I played for coach Russell and it was just an incredible experience um, and we just learned how to, uh, you know, get, get through the game, get through life, be better than we were yesterday. And after that, um, I ended up 15 years later after working for Delta airlines. Um, I was one of Truett's 13 original Sunday school boys that got in the business with him. Wow. And, well, uh, that was a blessing within itself, and a lot of other stories. We can talk about that at one other time, you know, at another time on just life lessons from from a legendary godly man. And, uh, you know, it's just really an incredible place. Uh, started with uh, at Chick fil A at Sam Nunn Boulevard and Perry High, around Perry High School, just around the corner from it. And uh, then I was afforded the opportunity of coming back to Fayetteville, getting uh, we started the store of the future. So Dan, Kathy, and myself, we embarked on this whole new idea of building a new freestander with 150 new innovations in it. Um, and then five years later, I was blessed with getting a second unit. So uh, we're at the Stars Mill location just right around the corner from Stars Mill High School. So we've just... Sports are very, very important to our family. As you know, uh, you faced my twins and um, at, when they were at Landmark. So Carson was quarterback, uh, was an all-state quarterback, ended up going to uh, Sanford, and his twin brother, Zach, who played uh, really an enforcer, a uh, blocking type in for Kenny uh, Dallas, Yeah, um, he ended up playing a wide out at Sanford. So um, we've just been a football family, and uh, we, we get it. We understand the disciplines of football, what life teachings it gives you. It's the greatest sport because it makes you rely on yourself, but it also makes you lean on your teammates. And uh, for you to be able to do all of that, you become very successful. But I think the coolest thing about you is you're thinking about how does a coach – Run his team like a Chick fil A. And the one thing I know about you over the years, um, your, your offense is like a drive through. And, uh, you don't, you don't press the brakes. And it's tempo, it's fast, it's sweeps, it's misdirection. Um, so you've got the competition spread out all over the field. And the one thing that I learned years ago, as a young operator, I had the opportunity to go with my dear friend George Collins, who was the captain of the seventy-six, seventy-seven Bulldogs. He was the head coach at Perry High. He said, "Hey, you want to go on a field trip with me?" I said, "Where are we going, coach?" He said, "We're going to Tallahassee." And I uh, and I was like, what, "What? Are we going to play golf?" He goes, "No, no, no. We're going to play golf, but we're going to go listen to Coach Bowden and Mickey Andrews." <laughs> And I said, okay, I'm on that. I said, I'll, I'll go do that. I don't know how X's and O's are going to really work for me, but I can figure some things out to make it work in my business. It's funny how you're talking about this and I'm talking about football. right? And uh, so I'd been listening to Mickey Andrews about building teams the right way and how important it was. And I'd walked out because I'd heard enough X's and O's for a while. I just wanted to stretch my legs and I was walking the hall, and I looked down the hall, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that looks like Coach Bowden. <laughs> and and he was just bigger than life to me.
0: Right. And this was in
1: 97, 98. And uh, he said, Coach, where are you from? And I said, well, I'm from Perry, Georgia. And he goes, well, that's awesome. What Are you the head coach or your position coach? I said, Coach, I'm with Chick-fil-A. And he looked at me, and he said, really? He goes, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm just thinking about how do you build your teams? And coach really made a huge impression on me that day. He says, Hey, come on, let's go to my office. And you know, Jonathan, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to go get, sit in coach Bowden's office. Right? We go in a, we go in a copy room and he, he's got his coffee. He's got his coffee machine there and he's got everything that he operates. He said, if we go up to my main office, we're never going to get to talk. And he said, but if we stay down here, nobody will know we're here. So I just thought that was really cool. But honestly, he gave me almost an hour of his time, and it was so valuable wow. to me, not not only as a young operator, but as a man, and not only as a man, but as a believer. Right. And we, we talked football, we talked marriage, we talked kids, we talked about influence. But the one thing that really stuck out with me was he said, you know what, moving forward, you got to think about how you're going to recruit. And I said, well, coach recruit. He goes, Oh yeah. He says, you got to get the right talent on the field. He says, you know, back in the day, probably when you were playing, we were trying to get every quarterback in the South we could get. And I said, yeah, coach Bryant was really good at doing that. And he put all these quarterbacks and, uh, linebackers and defensive ends and safeties and corners. And of course there was only one quarterback, but all those boys thought they were coming to sling it right and, or run it. And, uh, so he said, I want you to realize you got to get the right people in the right positions because if you don't, you're going to have all of these guys thinking they're the guy. And he said, but if you get them in the right places, they can become the guy. And that just really meant a lot to me because I was thinking, wow. So I got to look for a fullback. I got to look for a tight end. I got to look for somebody fast. I got to look for this wide receiver. I got to find me a quarterback. And dang, I got to find a kicker. Right. And it just really meant a lot to me thinking about who's going to be my kicker in my organization because I don't need any shanks in my business (laughs) and it was just a really cool conversation that we had and it's really been neat I was able to stay in contact with him for several years and um, but I look at it moving forward is we're all in the people business and people make you and people break you and one the one thing that I do, I pray for all of my people. I pray for them to come to work and I pray for them to leave work. And the reason I pray for them to leave work is there's an end time just like with a high school coach. That kid, his senior year, that last game is it, unless you're fortunate enough to make playoffs. Right. So I think for er- for every leader, we got to know when that period is for that last senior kid. And we want him to exit well. We want him to exit well so that he can contribute in society either either playing ball, serving in the military, or, or going off to college or having a trade. And and if we can do those things and line these boys up for success, because we all know they don't get it at home and we're just in an environment of dad being busy. So it's not like how I was raised where dad was in, engaged in every movement that Doug Barnett had. wasn't that he was a helicopter dad. It was just that he was there. Right. So that's that's the big part I think a coach has to look at is, hey, here we are with the ninth grader, and here we are, this ninth grader is now a 12th grader, and I'm about to get him out of my program. And, and the cool thing is is that at the end of the season, the thing that I always like how coaches do it is this la- this senior dinner, this senior banquet where you honor seniors as well as the rest of your kids in your program. But that senior year should really be a banquet moment for each senior boy. And when when they're seeing that, not only are they having a senior moment and enjoying that, but you as a coach or a position coach – or even as the head coach, you're having a senior moment. It's an emotional moment for every game you win, lose, or tie. And that way, when you come out, every kid sees that. That ninth grader sees it, how we always say, hey, you got to lead so the younger guys see it. Well, hey, as a coach, you got to lead that senior so he can lead those younger kids.
0: Very and good. if
1: everybody sees There's this crazy momentum shift, and that's what I see in my business. I see it all the time. So I always tell each kid to be attentive. If you can be attentive, you're going to be successful in life. And I think that's one thing that we don't always think about is we need to be attentive into our surroundings. So that's a little bit of my philosophy of how I crank my day up in my two Chick-fil-A's each and every day. Well, that's that's good stuff. And, I, you know, it's crazy the
2: parallels, and obviously a little bit, coaching football is a business, but the parallels between that, the thing that has always just intrigued me about Chick Fil A is as as a consumer on my end, you just kind of blindly go to Chick Fil A, and I just started thinking one day, well, why do I just go to Chick Fil A all the time? Well, I started thinking, well, the um, the customer service is, is better than anywhere else, the the food is consistent, and then the uh, and then the third reason was. It's always clean. Like no matter which one you go to, it's always clean. So this level of consistency among all the Chick-fil-A's in customer service, in uh, the food, and in uh, the cleanliness of the the, uh, organization or the building um, always is what is just blindly pulling um, consumers to the store. And I was just sitting there thinking, as a coach, I've got great customer service. What is that? Well, my interaction with my parents and, and dealing with my players and my parents and the fans and the teachers, that's great customer service. And then, you know, the the, the locker room and the, and, the, um, and the weight room, it's always uh, clean and inviting. And then, you know, um, and then obviously, you know, t- your, your, your employee talent, you want to have great coaches and demand a lot from them. But talk, talk about that a little bit.
1: So I I look at it probably a little different of, of than most operators, and I think a lot of this came from my mom, um, who was an educator and um, was just a, really also a driver in my life. And the one thing that I would tell you is, I think cleanliness, and this goes back to being attentive. So so when your when your restaurant is clean, and I and I start from from Georgia 85 and Georgia 74 at my two locations. What you see is what you get. If the yard looks great, food's gonna be greater. And there's not gonna be pine cones in the pine straw. There's not gonna be sticks out. I play this whole little game with myself about, hey, does my restaurant look like Augusta National? Right. And because that's the one thing everybody wants to go see. It's not so much they want to see golf, everybody goes, Man, there was no trash on the ground. Man, there was no sticks in, in the straw. There, there's, there's no weeds in the out-of-bounds. So, so I line my business up that we're going to have an incredible-looking landscape. Our dumpster pad is going to be the cleanest thing in the building because we want even team members to realize, hey, this is the way we are. In the parallel for a football coach, I think it's imperative that you keep a clean locker room. And I think you get your kids to keep it clean. And I don't think it's a class thing. I think it's classes. I think, it's, I think you assign things per your 10, 12, 15, 20 weeks, whatever you deem your season to be. You assign that locker room to a group of boys, and they own it week by week by week. Maybe your team captains are your general managers in my world or your director of operation. And the thing is, Jonathan, what I'll tell you is you're going to get a result. You're going to play a game Friday night and you're going to, you're going to win or you're going to lose. But you've set an expectation to win. I know who you are. Hey, I know you want to win. And winning one game is one thing, but winning it all is the end result. So for a coach, for a coordinator, for a position coach, for a team captain, for a grade captain, however you set your organization up, is you're going to get a result and you're going to play the game, and that's the result right there. But the desired result is to win The desired result is to win. And if you don't inspect the win, you won't ever win. Or if you win this week and you don't inspect it as well as you should and have buy-in from the rest of the team, next week's going to be a disappointment. Because eventually it all falls back onto the leader. It all falls back onto the head coach. It all falls back onto the Chick-fil-A operator. So if you're not looking at it that way, then you're going to go, dang, why is my net profit not right? You're going, dang, why did we only have 127 yards offense? Right. And you're going, man, we're used to scoring. Now, you might have won seven to nothing, but that was not your expectation going into the game. I know you, you're thinking 40-plus. And you go, hmm, that's weird. We won, but why didn't we win 40-something versus 7 to nothing? Now, the win is the win, and we can enjoy it and be happy in it because that's what the Bible tells us to be. Let's be content, but it also does not want you to be complacent. Yes. And that's why we inspect so that we can get the results that everybody wants because you know And I know you want to win, the kids want to win, but mom and dad really want to win. (laughs) And that's a huge point. And for some of these coaches that are like what I call in football towns, and we all know who those guys are, their businesses rely on them to win because it changes the mood and the mood of the community. It makes sales go up. It makes people get excited. It makes people focus differently. One thing I learned about um, dealing with high school football, Sam Sweat was was, uh, the principal at Stars Mill for many, many years. And Sam always said, You got to have three A's to be successful in a school. And I said, Okay. I thought there were six because I was thinking six classes, you know? (laughs) And he said, He said, I hate to tell you this, but it's going to be athletics first. And I said, wow, that's countercultural coming from a principal. He goes, Doug, think about this. If athletics takes off and it wins and wins big, football sets the tone for the other sports. And then once that's going on in fall, discipline drops down in all areas of the school Test scores start going up, grades go up, attendance goes up. Why? Because kids want to be a part of a winning program, even if they don't play for you. Wow. The next thing is, he says, it drifts into af- academics, and that's what I just said, your scores and your testing will go up, your, grade, your grades will go up, it becomes easier for teachers to teach. And then he said, out of all of that, This thing creates a crazy balance with the arts. Now, isn't that funny? Football sets the tone for a school. It sets the tone for a football town. It sets a tone for a private school. It sets a tone for a lot of things. But we don't always think about that. Same way as we set the tone for a dining experience. Now, you could go to... You could go to Bones, you could go to Ruth Chris, you could go to many, many places and spend a lot more money. But the thing is, what we look at is, hey, man, I'm going to win you with your $10, $9, $8, $4 check average. Whatever you spend in your transaction, I'm going to win you so that you won't come back. I'm going to make you feel better about yourself than you did before you came in. It's It's more than chicken to to an operator. And that's, it sounds very cliche, but it's also more than wins to a football coach. That's right. And like I said, that period is coming on that child. And you want that boy ready for whatever he goes into. Because honestly, you as a coach, you may be the only guy that's breathing life into that boy. And and we all and we all have those kids. I have them at work for me. I have I have kids that are in the hard luck situations, just like each and every school has. I've got them. And and but we've been called to be more than a coach. We're we're a coach. We're going to teach them how to be men. We're going to teach them how to thrive. We're going to teach them how to walk, how to talk, how to save money you know, there's a lot of different things that we can teach them to do. We can lead them to Christ. There's all kinds of things. So, you know, we say we're all busy. Dang, we should be busy. We probably should be a little busier than we are. But I just think it's, it's imperative for us to think about, let's be attentive, let's set the tone, create empowerment, give ownership, because this generation... Coaches, you know, they operate different than any other teams coaches have coached over the last twenty years. Yeah. They're a different kind of kid. Doesn't mean that they're a bad kid. It's just that there's a new way of how we motivate kids. It's just like I was a kid in the 70s. I graduated in 78, coming out of the hippie movement, coming out of Vietnam, coming out of turmoil and and racial bindings from the 60s and the early 70s, I guarantee you coaches had to coach differently. Right. Now, they were tough cusses, as we all know, back in the day, grab a face mask, spit in your face, don't give you water, all those kind of things like that. But they were literally making us tough and, and be able to get through all the social injustices that our country had gone through, just like what we're going through now. I don't think it's any different it just appears different because there's a new cycle of 24 hours. It's always spinning, right? But I think if we focus, if we focus on our boys and we love our boys in a way, and it's not lip service, it may be that we grab lunch individually with each and every one of our kids during during the year. It may take you a year to do it, but dang, I would I would invest and sit down with my boys. I love what Kenny Dallas used to always tell. Zach and Carson at Landmark, as well as the rest of the team. But he said, hey, you walk in that lunchroom at Landmark, I don't care if there's a kindergarten kid, a boy sitting by himself, he better not be sitting by himself. You better be sitting with him when I walk in that lunchroom. And that just really meant a lot to me about boys being alone. It's not good for us, not long term. It's good for us to gather ourselves like Christ did and get away, but we need fellowship with one another. And again, we may be the only males that are breathing life into these boys, and we may be the only encouraging word they hear. It doesn't mean you can't be tough on them. It doesn't mean you can't correct them. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that, hey, brother, I love you, And the reason I'm tough on you is because I know there's greatness inside that body that God's created. And it may be the only time he's ever heard it. So that's the way I see that, um, even in our business. So I think that's another way to get a win for you. No doubt. Um,
2: So, uh, I mean, we're running, running out of time and I got a thousand questions to ask. But I guess the most important one is um you know just your challenge to the new generation of course you got two boys um that, that are basically just kind of getting started in life right now, graduated college and you know they're they're what do you want to see out of your boys and then you know that would be the challenge that you give that 25 26, 27, 28 29 year old coach out there
1: Yeah so so my my boys are 26. Um, both of them have got their masters. Uh, and the, the thing that I would tell you is what I want to see out of a, out of a young coach is have a burning desire to be in the Lord's will. And, and by being in his will, that doesn't mean that you're going to be passive. It just means you're going to be bold. You're going to be courageous. You're going to attack the hill once you receive God's will and his blessing. I think the other thing is, is what I've told my boys, is that you, you love the Lord, you love your wife, they're both married, you love her, you take care of her, you honor her, you submit to her as she will submit to you, and, and you build a house on that foundation. The other thing is, is to have a plan. Because if we don't have a plan, we're going to perish. There's a small little scripture uh, in the Bible that talks about a man without a plan or a man without a vision will perish. And as a coach, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a playbook, I love, I don't know if you've ever seen, I'll have to show it to you one day. I've got Jim Tressel's old playbook. I don't know if you've ever heard about it or you read his book but I would tell every guy to read it despite what happened to coach. Read the book, and he had a playbook for 365 days for every boy when he was at Ohio State. It's amazing. But have a plan of how to be successful moving forward. And it's one of those things where – It's going to create freedom. It's a pain in the rear to create a plan. I've been doing this now for 24 years with Chick-fil-A, 15 with Delta. Always had to have a business plan. Whoever I was reporting to made me have a plan. Just like coaches that have a class to teach. They got lesson plans. It's a pain. Everybody gets it. Everybody knows it. But if you don't have the plan, you don't get to check off what you're winning. It's sort of like the Marine commandant telling you the most successful thing you can do as, in the day as, as a Marine is make your bed. At least you know you got something accomplished. So yeah. have that plan. Check it off. And that's what I tell the boys. Check it off. The, the five areas that I would really look at as, as a young coach is first things first, where are you spiritually? Are you growing? And if you're not, that's okay. You know, just start where you are. Right. Just start where you are, like 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 Shamgar did. Start where you are, use what you have, you know? You You know, be what you can be. And then the next thing is relationships. You know, be relational. Take care of the house. Then take care of your, your team. Do that. Then the other part is is I'm gonna this this is this is a thing that Doug Barnett didn't do real well early in life and I'm, I'm, in, I'm trying to catch up as fast as I can, take care of yourself. And I almost think you've got to do it the same time you're doing it spiritually because if you don't take care of yourself, Coach, you're going to fall apart. You're going to crack. You're going to crack to some kind of pressure or to some kind of temptation.
0: It's right. just going to
1: happen. But the more you can beat your body down, by being physical and exercising and doing those kind of things like that, the more successful you're going to be. So that's, th- that's uh, what, three right there? Yes, sir. So we've got three. The other part is professional. Are you doing something to make you better? Are you reading? Reading, readers are leaders. That's what Dan Cathy always said. Dan says, hey, if you're not reading, you're not leading. You don't have to read football. You don't have to read how to run uh, air raid. You don't have to learn how to read the spread. You don't have to do all of those things. But you do have to read some things. Read biographies. I love biographies. It's probably my favorite thing. Abraham Lincoln is one of the coolest characters that you want to read about as a president. I mean, man, he went through some stuff. Yeah. And it will tell you, hey, you're Chosen, God has chosen you. My pastor, Louis Giglio, says you are chosen to walk through this event, through this day, through this garbage. You've been chosen to walk through it. You've been chosen to go through a win streak or a losing streak. You've been ch- you've been challenged and chosen to deal with illness. You've been chosen to deal with marriage, relationship. You've been chosen to deal with a parent. You've been chosen to deal with a child. And I think if you can work on your relationships with all of that, that's great. Then the last thing, financial. Be solid. Be solid and be blessed and know that you've been given this opportunity. You've been given this opportunity to coach, to teach, you can, you know, embrace that. And I just think it's a huge part right there. And there's a whole other area that I could talk about there about what is it to be generous? What is it to be a tither? What is it to, to be that guy? And that's, a, that's a another story for another day. But those five things right there, Coach, I think make you and these young coaches that are coming in I think that makes them successful because if they can do a plan right there, they can do that. They have that vision for all of that. There's there's five things for them right there. They can check it off every day. They can sit down with their wife. They can sit down with their dad, their aunt, their uncle, their mom, their grandmother, whoever, who is sort of their peer. They can sit down and they can say, man, how am I doing And the other thing I would tell you is, especially as man, we talked about it earlier about kids being lonely coaches, leaders get lonely. Yeah, no doubt. You've been there, I've been there, every one of us have been there. We're like, man, everybody's against me today. And you're going, or they don't understand and they don't, (laughs) they don't understand what you're going through because you're the leader. You're the, you created this monster of organization of how you operate. And I would just tell you to operate with excellence and move forward with all of that. So that's just sort of the way that I look at my day and I get excited about it. Um, I'll tell you this, I'm a huge John Gordon fan. Yeah, I I just think he's incredible. And I I love quick reads because um, I'm just not a great reader for depth. But John Gordon speaks to me in his stories, and it just means a lot. And this whole new book that's just out called The Bean Maker—it's a game changer. Yeah, it's really, really good. But um, I, I try to read. I try to get different opinions. I read the Wall Street Journal. I read. I read Gun and Garden. I I, <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of different things. Um, I like decor, I look at different things because it makes me become more creative of who I am, just like a coach, just like you. You've seen this one cross buck run ever since you were a kid playing Pee Wee football, but I guarantee you, you've changed that play 20 different times, just like Thomas Edison did with the light bulb. I don't know how many, if you've ever looked that up, but Google, the light bulb and look how many people had their hands on the light bulb Thomas Edison was about down in the middle and now look how the light bulb has changed it's really pretty cool same way as with your offense there's always a wrinkle and there's always a nuance and there's always a a slant or or a block down or a different technique or we're gonna try this and we make that cross buck into a bomb It, it you're throwing it you're throwing it 60 yards down the field versus handing it off to the fullback back in the day. Right, But right. it still looks like the same play. That's right. Well. So, so just, like I said, be a reader and think about those kind of things. Be in the word, you know, and um, the other thing, honestly, Jonathan, have accountability. Yeah. Find a few men that are either other coaches from afar that you don't have to compete with. Um, uh, you know those kind of things like that F- find find a pastor maybe not even your pastor find a pastor in your community or another community that you can talk to you know find find two three four five guys maybe maybe you find a banker he helps you financially hey how do i how do i how do i get a mass wealth in today's world on, on the income that i'm bringing how do i do all of this there are people wanting to help. Only thing you got to do is ask them. That's right.
2: Well, hey, man, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's always I always get more out of this. I don't know if any other coach gets as much as I get out of it, but I always learn so much and really appreciate you uh, talking with me and, and just tapping into your wisdom and all your life experiences and all that kind of stuff. And, and so I really appreciate it. I always in uh, praying, if you don't mind.
1: Sure.
2: Okay, let's pray. Um, Lord, we coming for you today. I just want to praise and thank you uh, for Doug Barnett, Lord, and everything that you've done in his life, Lord. And it's such a blessing that um, I can sit here and talk to him and learn from him and grow from him and be challenged by him, Lord, with all the wisdom and life experience that he has. And, Lord, wisdom is from you. He's taken those life experiences, Lord, and and he's... he's, he's gone to you with them. And Lord, you have taught him so many things. And so Lord, it's been a blessing to talk with him. We just pray you continue to bless his family, Lord, his boys and his his wife. And Lord, that you would just continue to have his business flourish and the influence that he has over his communities through his business and his employees, Lord, that those people would flourish. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen.
0: I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. And I could just stay, I could just stay right away.